And welcome everybody to Fantasy Empire with Chris Vaccaro, Nando DeFino. Uh, great to be here. It's week two, so of course Chris bullied his way into talking about week one today um, with his rundown, with his text rundown. It's back. How was the Vegas? bullying has begun? Nando, I missed you last week, my friend. Um, this last two weeks has been a complete blur. Uh, drafts like crazy, and then flying from New York to Vegas for five days. Unbelievable time of high-stakes drafts out there. Everybody put on a great show, especially the NFFC guys. And uh, back home, week one started uh, and ended. And uh, here we are to wrap it all up and put a bow on it and talk about week two as well. So let's get into it. A lot of players and teams and stuff I saw to uh, talk about. Before we get into it, I want to – do you drink at these things? Like you say it's a blur, and immediately I go to he must have been drunk. But I don't think – I don't think you do that. I think you'd like take this very seriously and we, you know, want to have that edge where you're sober all the time. Yeah. I'm not a drinker at the draft table. There are a lot of people that. I mean, at the draft table, the but like, season. like when it's done, like, no. so you don't, you're not. Yeah, no, 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 no. Stop. Come on. What do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I don't think you go would. out. I think, night, I think you're a serious guy. Well, at nighttime. No, after the drafts are over, we have a good time. So you're wrong on that one, my friend. What if you, you got one the next that. morning? I guess I give you too much respect. We did have a 9 a.m call time for a draft and I, I went a little easier the night before but uh we had a really good time out there uh by the way quick programming note our our fellow our brother show first and 15 it's a high stakes show high stakes talk the chris vaccaro crowd we like to call it uh it's, it's on fridays now so just a heads up on that first and 15 excellent show a lot of high stakes talk moving to fridays um, all right, man. So since uh, it's been five days since NFL games were played, you want to talk about them? Nah, um, stop it. We'll go game by game on show tomorrow for episode. Let's go. What game do you want to start with? Do you want me to? What game do you want to start with? What's let's? How about this? I'm going to swing it around to you. What game stood out to you right off the bat, Nando? Dude, I don't even know who played. Um, <laughs> well, all right, you know, here's here's an interesting thing that I can tie together for you because I know you yeah. like to bet as well. Sure. Um, so the Giants got creamed, right? 40 to nothing. And this is not because you're a Jets fan. It's because they got creamed 40 to nothing you know, by the Cowboys. They looked as bad as everyone thought they were going to be last year. Um, but now they go on and they face the Cardinals this week. And I think a lot of people are going to pick the Giants in their survivor pools. And if you're doing that, you're thinking the Giants are going to bounce back against a crappy team. So obviously there has to be some fantasy goodness in there. I don't think people think it's going to be a 3 nothing survivor game. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on... Like and like uh, Jalen Hyatt was dropped in so many of my leagues uh, last night into today. We run waivers on Tuesday nights in a lot of mine. I know you do Wednesdays into Thursday. Um, but like, is, like, is there any hope? I guess uh, you know, like, uh, where no, are you? On- not, you know what? You know what happens here, Nando, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about this. It's one week, so it's all our eyes have seen. So all fans, but it's a very ugly week, everybody. It's like overreaction Monday. So we think, oh, my God, this Giants offense is going to be absolutely terrible all year year long and and on and on and on. We can't overreact to great things we we saw and underreact to terrible things we saw. So it's got to play out. It's one bad week. Dallas smoked them. Uh, You know, Daniel Jones looked terrible. Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, couldn't get going. Nine fantasy points. Darren Waller didn't live up to where we were drafting him on the board, uh, you know, right off the bat. So it's a complete throwaway game. That Dallas defense is very legit. So we got to factor that in. The game just got away from them really fast. 
the weird thing is the Giants came out, they moved right down the field, opening drive, and they looked real good. So uh, as in terms of wide receivers, I can't start any Giants wide receivers, uh, right, you know, even going into week two here. But I'm going right back to Darren Waller. You know, Saquon Barkley's locked into your lineups. And I'm going right back to Daniel Jones in this matchup um, versus the Arizona defense. If we're looking like four weeks ahead, is there a Giants receiver? Are you maybe like maybe Slayton will find like find his groove? Uh, maybe Hyatt will emerge a little bit. I know you love talking Giants receivers, Nando, but um, you know my guy that I'm still holding at deep at the end of benches as my last guy is Paris Campbell. I don't know if that is anything worth holding on to, but after that, um, no, I still I'm, I, I didn't draft Jalen Hyatt at all, I, and I'll still. Um, you know, continue to stick by that. I just don't think that he's going to play enough snaps and it's going to be too, you know, boom or bust for him. He's either going to catch a 60 yard bomb some weeks or he's going to get, you know, zeroed out. So that is, um, you know, that's where I stand with the Giants offense. Better days Let's go to ahead. Ravens. Let's go to Ravens Texans. There are two things yeah. I kind of want to bring up that stood out to me a little bit. Number one, Damian Pierce, maybe isn't yep. uh, the stud back we thought he was. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, we spent this whole preseason being like, well, you know, Greg Roman's gone. Now it's Todd Monken. It's going to be amazing. Right. And I don't think anyone ever looked at the history of Todd Monken and be like, you know, maybe he's not an amazing offensive coordinator. You know, maybe he's not, <laughs> maybe he's not yeah. great. Uh, do you feel the same way, Christopher? Well, uh, you know what? This Ravens offense, the one thing that stood out to me and a lot of other people is um, I think we have a superstar in the making here with Zay Flowers. And um, I'm lucky. I The last four or five drafts, high-stakes drafts of mine out in Vegas, I made sure to draft Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be an absolute smash home run pick in that seventh, eighth round where he was going out there in the uh, you know mid-70s, early 80s. He's going to be your perfect wide receiver four that's going to perform like a wide receiver two. We were all confused on what, you know, we were all taking our shots, guessing on what this wide receiver corpse was going to look like. Some people had Bateman as the one coming into the season. Thought Zay Flowers would have to work his way into the, you know, uh, pecking order. But right off the bat, I think it's pretty clear Zay Flowers is going to be their number one receiver. Uh, Beckham and Bateman are going to fight for targets after that as the two and three. I want to see how this offense looks once Mark Andrews comes back in because he you know, obviously missed uh, week one. Once he comes back into this, I think it's Mark Andrews and the Zay Flowers show in the passing game. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson, even though he looked pretty bad that uh, in week one here versus a Texans defense that he should have shredded, I think we got to give him a little bit of a pass. I'm going to give him a pass, Nando, just because without Andrews, I want to see how the whole offense works. The big disappointment here is we lost J.K. Dobbins, um, who I thought looked very good in the limited touches he had. Right off the bat, you lose, you know, a a sixth round running back, fifth round running back that potentially could have been a a home run pick for zero RB drafters. Because a lot of teams, I did a couple teams where I was wide receiver heavy early with a quarterback, came back with J.K. Dobbins as my lead back in that late fifth, early sixth. That's out of the mix now, and um, maybe that just means more on Lamar's shoulders this year. Did you have Gus Edwards at least? I did. I, I backed up, you know, and I don't even know if that's going to be right, Nando. Um, you what do you think it's going to be Melvin Gordon? They're talking about no. Melvin Gordon a little bit. No, I, I don't think it's going to be Melvin Gordon. I, I think he's going to be pretty. I think he's pretty washed. If it's going to be anybody, uh, I think it'll be more Gus 
than Melvin Gordon um, and the young kid too. So Justice Hill. Yeah. Um, which will be very heavy. I'm sure, you know, people listening now, they're going to their waiver wires to open up their uh, wallets for Justice Hill tonight. He'll be one of the most sought after players, um, you know, at, at the running back position. But, um, you know, that backfield's going to be tricky. You know, after J.K. Dobbins went down, I think the touches were, were 14-13 between uh, Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards. So could be a miss. It uh, could be, you know, uh, just a, a mixing and a matching between the two here with uh, Gordon making it a real disaster if he factors in. You're talking a lot today, man. How do you feel about that? Is Nico Collins? I'm uh, yeah, I'm getting it out of the way, Nando. I feel like I am talking. I'll let you talk, buddy. Go ahead. Well, I was, no, I was told not to interrupt you anymore, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go. And then when you hey, watch man, that's back, what the listeners, like, not me, I didn't say that to you. The listeners said that to you. What they so, don't realize is like you, no. you wouldn't get this cause you never watched lost. Like, you know how Desmond had to hit the numbers all the time. Yeah. Right. Like that's what I'm doing just to stop you from talking for 20 minutes about justice Hill, whose name you can No, remember. I got you. Listen, yeah. I mean, it's always nice when you reference a show from like 20 years ago. I think, I think people can relate. I think people know what I'm talking about. I think, you, I think you're lost. I don't think I want to go into this game anymore, but I do want to know if you yeah. feel like Nico. Nico Collins. Collins. Like- I we will. I, I want to. I'm. We had like I said, we have a lot to get along uh, over to. But Nico Collins and Robert Woods look like they've established themselves as the top two targets in the Texans' offense. Um, so I I would be bidding on Robert Woods. I see him available in a lot of my uh, waiver wires because nobody wanted any piece of him. But he got ten targets. Nico got eleven. I think those are the top two targets for a team that should be, uh, you know, playing from behind a lot this year. Uh, Panthers, Falcons. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are mad at Arthur Smith. I'm like, I got Drake oh, London yeah. on a bunch of teams. I thought Drake London was like the surest sure shot oh. in the world. Really? And, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, who else are going to throw it to, first of all? That's, like, Matt Collins. I, I agree. Two, right? No, I agree and, with that outlook, Nando. I really do. Um, the problem was I, – I was on Drake London early in the summer – more I thought about it, I got off of him, luckily, the way it looks after week one, uh, yeah. you know, in August and, and in my big drafts. So I don't have any Drake London. Problem with this is this guy, Arthur Smith, he just wants to play ball control. I think the biggest factor coming out of this game is Tyler Algier is going to play a significant role in this offense. You know, we just thought it would be Bijan. If you're a Bijan Robinson owner like I am, a heavy Bijan Robinson owner, I loved what I saw out of him. No issues with Bijan Robinson. I just thought we would get a higher snap count out of Bijan Robinson. Now, maybe going forward, he plays a lot more uh, with Algier on the field and, and split out wide and everything. But I was kind of hoping for those inside the five, um, you know, snaps uh, that Algier took over. So Algier's playable, man. He's going to be – he could play an RB2 role, and he's an unbelievable – he was an unbelievable pick in drafts. He was kind of a forgotten man going like 120th, 130th overall. And, uh, you know, he went after a lot of running backs that I regret taking over him because he's going to be that 12 to 15 guy carry in a run heavy offense. And um, he, he's definitely flexible. Watch this. There you go. Just like I left you before. Uh, Good Thank our sponsor real quick. One second. Watch this. Now I got to stop it and I got to play the video. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you. 
right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Monster. Oh, hold on. Hey, you got to play it on the way out too, Chris. Chris doesn't pay attention to the emails. Bengals Browns. So anyway... With real quick though, the rest with the Falcons though, Drake London, man, think about the receivers that people drafted over him in the fourth round. Nah, yeah. though. Like if you go straight across the fourth round board, Drake London could be that wide receiver this year that just tanks uh, you know, a la Gabe Davis last year or, you know, Rashad Bateman. You know, there's always major, you know, major holes on the draft board in that third fourth round area drake london after one week just because the fact that i don't even care one target that's your alpha wide receiver one on the outside he's not commanding the ball he's not demanding more targets i mean that's a scary proposition i think the only way drake london pays off some weeks is when they get behind and and he gives you you know a game where he's seven targeted seven or eight times and what does that do is there enough targets for him and Pitts? it's what you know drafters were really uh you know facing uh you know when they were trying to decide on who to pick and who who do they like in this Atlanta offense Drake London and Kyle Pitts I don't think both of them could be successful after seeing what I saw after week one but again let's not overreact to one week the good news is uh I think if you're in a super deep super flex league, like Marcus Mariota, I think has been vindicated here. Like it's not like Marcus Mariota couldn't pass last year. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. oh, they're not gonna let him throw because he sucks at throwing. That's not it at all. That's just what they're doing. They're just they just throwing. I they yeah, they just they wanna hide Ritter as much as they possibly can. They wanna treat him like Justin Fields earlier in in the season last year. They wanna keep him to like twenty two pass attempts or less. And that's great for your Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson shares. It's not so good for you, Drake London and Kyle Pitt shares. So Bengals Browns. Uh, this is probably the yeah. last game we get to at the pace you're going. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson disappointment. I don't know, like hey, where you're looking at, like Elijah Moore. Everybody, like it's just like mm-hmm. a checklist of disappointments in this game. I think, right? Uh, it's a throwaway game for Cincinnati, just the same way it is for the Giants, like we spoke about Nando. So I won't touch on much from the Cincinnati. Um, you know, side of the ball because what about Joe Burrow still being hurt? Joe Burrow wasn't supposed to play this week in some scenarios. I I don't know if he was still because he was hurt. I think Cleveland's defense did an unbelievable job, and I think there's something to be said for the amount of camp time that Burrow missed. Yeah, he came back a week before the game, got a couple practices in, and then he went out to Cleveland and he just wasn't ready. So maybe this lingers though for a couple weeks. Maybe Cincinnati's that you know top tier team that we see get off to a one and three start a one and four start before they get their act together and the offense picks up. But uh, if you drafted T Higgins in the late second, early third round, uh, he pulled um, 
he pulled the bagel, one of the, you know, one of the few bagels uh, that big players, um, you know, pulled this week. And you don't expect to take a T Higgins in the top 25 overall and then get, you know, blanked in, in week one. But credit to the Cleveland defense. They put on a show. And the only couple things I want to touch on real quick in the Cleveland offense, it's it's nice to see Elijah Moore, even though he didn't put up big numbers, uh, snap percentage-wise was there, targets, seven targets. Looks like the clear number two in this offense, if not the 1B to Amari Cooper's 1A. And uh, even your boy Donovan Peoples-Jones, even though he didn't put up a lot of numbers, uh, he played a, a really nice high uh, snap percentage in week one. So uh, maybe he can have flexible weeks just like uh, last year as well. And as for Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was my RB3, Nando, coming into the year. Um, Loved him, took him at the one-two turn as much as I could. Uh, My strategy was to always be in the back end of the first round and try and make sure I got either one of um, Barkley, Bijan, or Nick Chubb as my RB1 um, in, in the early second round. So, a lot of Nick Chubb shares. We're all in on Fantasy on Empire uh, on Nick Chubb all year long. So great start from him. Four targets out of the backfield, four catches. That's going to help as well. And if that game wasn't a blowout late in the second half, he would have put up even bigger numbers. So Nick Chubb to the moon, buddy. I want to apologize to everybody. I think I still hit the leaf blower sound effect uh, somehow on this in the background. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know how to turn it off. It's back this year, Nando. I can't believe it. I'm sitting here saying the same thing to myself. I can't believe the landscaper came at this time. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to go away. Kim, I was on lawn. Let's keep going on the list of the 49ers Steelers. You know, I have uh, I got a lot of oh. picket. I got a picket picking stack on a couple of my you guys. Your teams look like oh, trash after week one, you. huh, buddy? I got You want to hear this team? Hold on, let me pull it up. Let me oh, up. did it score fifty points? No, I Drake London, team. Kenny Pickett. Oh my god! This is the problem, I guess, when you uh, when you bring yourself down to like only three teams this year, is that they can oh, suck god. and just ruin it. So my starting quarter this is super flex league, three wide, uh, two wide receivers, one flex, one super flex. Josh Allen's my quarterback. Uh, Kenny terrible. Pickett. Kenny Pickett's my super flex. Cam yep. Akers uh, and Joe Mixon Oof. are my running backs. Yeah. Josh Jacobs was my flex. George Pickens and Drake London are my wide receivers. Oh my god! Will Lutz did you score fifty kicker. points in week one? I somehow got to seventy. There's only 70? 0.5 PPR, and my tight end is Dallas Goddard. Oh, he's the other bagel this week. Yeah, that was a real disappointment. Yeah, you know what? The whole tier of elite tight ends. We'll get to that. We'll get to that game in like 25, 30 hours. No, we will. But just a blanket statement: Uh, this was a terrible week one for the elite quarterbacks and the elite tight ends. Straight across the board, everybody stunk. You know, let me ask you this, Christopher. Kelsey and Andrews were out. Uh, Waller, Goddard, Pitts, Kittle. Uh, Think about that. Probably the top eight tight ends off the board all bombed. In week one, it was the tight ends that you took in rounds 12 and later that were productive. And and that was, you know, we talked about that a couple weeks on the show. You could really wait on tight end, put something together, you know. So um, those are the guys that put up some decent numbers and, and showed maybe some signs of, you know, hope at the tight end position if you waited on it, uh, you know, down the draft board. 
You know who the Jets should bring in? P.J. Walker. Oh, they, oh, you got your P.J. Walker mention in already. Let me ask there you this you question, Chris. Philosophical question. Yeah. Do you think that week one um, was such a low scoring and like concentrated on the, the elite quarterback affair because a lot yeah. of these teams, I mean, like you don't have that fourth week of preseason anymore and all you can, you can just sit there and just like game plan the crap out of Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're Cleveland, if you're Stefanski, you're just like, let's, let's just beat them in week one. We got like 10 days to beat the Bengals essentially. Like, do you think that had something to do with it? And now that it's week two, they're back to a normal, like, okay, we got five days now to game plan for this one. Yeah, I don't all even know. All your energy, you. all your concentrations on that week one game for so long because you don't have that last teams, preseason. Yeah, game. teams have the whole offseason to prepare for week one. So, for yeah, one you game. see a lot of yeah. things. You see, like, Bill Belichick put a good game plan versus the Eagles, you know, stuff like that. But in terms of the um, – I just felt it was weird that all the elite quarterbacks struggled. And, and I don't think Not that Brock trend will – I don't – I don't think that trend will continue, but I don't think any of them broke 25 fantasy points in NFFC scoring. You know, Mahomes, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence were right around 25, but, you know, like Burrow tanked, obviously. Uh, um, you know, Hertz had 17 fantasy points. All these guys just had off week ones, and I hope that's not a trend that continues. I don't think it will be. Um, what about Tua? Tua's see. not elite to you? Tua wasn't in the elite eight quarterbacks, but Tua, um, you know, he looks like right off the bat that 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 he could be that quarterback that you got around pick 100, you know, 100, 110 after the elite eight quarterbacks went. And he could fit right in with those top five or six guys. You know, we knew that going in. He had the weapons. He had the offense. It was just he got pushed down more for his health wise, you know, at any point. He could take a shot. We could say that about anybody, though. But talent-wise, a lot of people built their teams around Tua, though, Nando. it's a, It was a great strategy. You know, I've did it a couple times myself where I tried to build my teams, load up on receiver and running back early, and then hit on Tua or Kirk Cousins, um, you know, in those 10th, 11th rounds. Those are the two guys in my eyes that could, you know, perform and put up the numbers that the elite eight guys do every week. And, uh, you know, mixed in with some bad defenses and weapons and everything like that. We saw it from Kirk Cousins in week one. You know, yeah. before you knew it, you looked up. He was over 300. If he got to, you know, I don't see how any reason why Kirk Cousins can't be in these games every week where it's 31-27. And Cousins is, you know, 350 and two or three touchdowns. And he gives you the numbers. The problem with those two guys is they don't give us anything on the ground. You know, they don't run. So, you know, in a day and age in fantasy where you want your quarterback to be able to contribute on the ground, those two guys fall a little back, you know. But after one well, week, crazy. Dondo, after one week, would you take Tua and, and Kirk Cousins over Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones? I don't know about that. I would definitely take Tua. I don't know, but you can't that's – un, that's an unfair grouping. I don't know if I would put Cousins ahead of Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season. Okay. Like you said, it's just one week. You're overreacting. I didn't love what I saw. It's not. It's only one week. Correct. I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to overreact. But we do have just the one week right off the bat to, you know, for our eye test. And Deshaun Watson didn't pass the eye test in week one. And that's one of the guys I wanted to make sure, you know, I saw a lot of to be like, all right, did he, was last year just a mirage those last six games? And sure, he had a little bit of a you know bad weather again, but how many more excuses can we make for Deshaun Watson? 
He took off and ran for that touchdown. That was great to see. I'll say that much. But uh, And he helps you in the run game. But he's got to get it together as a passer to get those numbers up. 155 passing yards isn't going to crack it. We got a fantastic question from Francis. Um, if you're running back needy, would you trade away Drake London to get Gus in half PPR? He says he's stacked a wide receiver. There's some good context for you. No, absolutely right. not. That's Next an game. overreaction. No. Is it an overreaction or is it like, hey, for the last three or four years, we're not, we're not all trading. Baltimore has shown us is they want to play Gus Edwards. All they no. want to do is play Gus Edwards at running back. And now he, yeah. he once again has a chance. Sure. Back and, to and, and in week two, this is what I'm talking about, where people overreact. And then what happens? Week two comes. And maybe Dobbins Melvin is out for Gordon, the season. Maybe Justice Hill gets 12 carries. Melvin Gordon gets seven carries. Gus Edwards gets seven carries. And Drake London goes seven for 90 in a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, my stud fourth-round pick. I traded away for a bum, you know, backup running back. No, you got to sit and hold. Is he a bum? Like, I still love Drake London. This isn't a Drake London thing to me. This is more like, this is like week one. Like, all right, let me put it this way. Where would you yeah. draft Gus Edwards right now, knowing like if, if J.K. Dobbins was gone in week three preseason, if this happened three weeks ago? Move him up a couple of rounds. Gus Edwards was the 17th or 18th round backup running back pick for, you know, depth on your bench. And move him up to 14th or 15th. He might be the backup yeah, still know, to man. Justice Hill. I don't know. If, so, I don't think he will. Like, right. You're all on all the bus. Oh, hey, I'm wrong. You know, I'm you're just, all on the bus. bus. No, no. I want to talk about. I want to talk about. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I offered the, an opinion of the Christopher Carroll show. My bad. Sorry. Let's get back to me just saying. Games. I want to talk about the the player that stood out to me the most. Okay. That I wasn't in on. I don't think most fantasy. He wasn't a sexy name on the draft board. But after watching what I saw in week one. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to smash his ADP and be a real weekly contributor. Jacoby Myers of the Raiders. Now, it's yeah. unfortunate. I know, you know, it, it sucked. I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, my God, I have a stud on my hand. This guy's going to play a major role in an offense where there's limited targets. And then he gets, you know, he gets knocked out. Unfortunately, uh, he was out cold. I don't probably misses a week, maybe two, because that was a really bad concussion. But when he comes back in this offense, if he picks up right where he left off, if you took Jacoby Myers and ran a you know nine, ten, eleven, where he was going in all high stakes drafts to the to a to drafters that were just like ah fine, give me Jacoby Myers, I need a receiver. That was like the feeling you had drafting Jacoby Myers. Him and Devontae Adams are the show, man. You know, I don't know if Jacoby Myers. Just people didn't want to draft him because maybe Hunter Renfro, they thought maybe he could still be the number two there. Renfro's a, a forgotten guy. He played, I think, 22% of the snaps in week one. He's done. Uh, and, and there's really no tight end to talk about until maybe Meyer gets established later in the year. Jacoby Myers is going to see a ton of targets every week. He's going to see uh, – he's never going to see the top corner. Devontae Adams is always going to draw the attention. Jacoby Myers is going to be that safe six or seven catch wide receiver that you drafted as your wide receiver five. He's going to perform like a, your wide receiver two or three. Those are the picks that win you leagues right there. Jacoby Myers was one of my biggest winners of week one. I'm glad I snagged two late shares of him. I wish I had more. You can't trade in those high stakes leagues, but if you could, would you trade? Drake he's definitely somebody I'd be trading for. This would be the this would be the time to go trade for him because people are like, all right, well, he's probably going to miss a couple weeks, you know, because of this really bad concussion. But would you rather have him or Drake London? 
I, you, I, this is going to be the Drake London show for you, right? I know yeah, how you I think just so, get because Drake on. London's well, Drake yeah. London's actually kind of interesting, man. Like, no, I mean, like, I, I, you got to stick with happened. Drake London. Got to uh, stick with Drake London. It's just somebody that you just didn't like what you saw out of week one, but you're sticking with him. You're not trading for pennies on the dollar, you know. I'm just asking. Maybe you know. Maybe in four weeks, if Drake London keeps this up, your opinion will have changed. How about that? I understand. I understand. Can we talk about the other player that jumped off the page? Another league-winning play. Oh, I hate. I hate that. Is that Romeo Dobbs? I hate that I said the league-winning play, Nando, because I hate when I hear others say it. But you want to guess who it is? Uh, give me some hints. No, we don't have time for that. Come uh, on, man. Uh, Jordan Addison. You probably love right, Jordan. So Addison. We talked. We just talked about fourth-round Drake London. Imagine every draft I was in, Drake London went ahead. By a full round, maybe even at worst a half round, over Brandon Ayuk. Okay, and Brandon Ayuk could be this year's wide receiver that we see it every year. There's a receiver that goes in that fourth or fifth round, maybe even sixth, and he performs like a first rounder, second rounder. And again, not to overreact because maybe next week is Debo. But I just have this feeling that Ayuk is going to be that guy. Shout out to our boy, Matty Modica. Uh, that was his guy all summer long. And as much as I liked him, I didn't like him as much as him. But um, went out to Vegas, got a lot of Ayuk shares. I'm really happy about that. If Kittle could just take that step back and not factor in, which uh, I'm hoping that he does, I think Ayuk and Debo could smash in this offense uh, on a weekend, week out basis. But Look for Ayuk. If this keep if this trend continues here, we have a superstar on our hands. And there's been those rumblings all summer long about Ayuk, about how he's ready to take the next step. He was drafted after Debo on 98% of draft boards. I think that's uh, you know I think that was going to wind up being a pretty big mistake. All right, thank you for your opinion on that. No next problem. game, Washington, thank Arizona. You. Thank you for listening. Thank I'm not you paying for attention. My friend. I'm just waiting for you to stop, and then I'm going to do another. You're playing. Games. What are you playing? Solitaire over there? No, my hands. You trading your Geno Smith cards, by the way? No. <laughs> Why? You Why must would you have lost react? so much money. You must have lost so much money on your Geno Smith investment this past Sunday. Oh my God, he's back. What the pumpkin? He turned into a pumpkin again. No oh, man, come on! Real against the best defense in the NFL. Oh my God. Please don't say. Do you realize we're we're live and you say things like that? It's the best defense Gino in the NFL. Smith, the Rams. Yeah, one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. Please don't right. don't embarrass yourself. All right, we'll see. Well, you know what? Like we'll see what happens. All right, let's. I should be writing these yeah. down because you have like the same reaction to everything I always say. No, listen. You, like every now and then, it turns out okay. Listen, every now and then you get it right. There's a needle in the haystack. You you land on. Yeah, some Aaron Aaron Donald. I think he's supposed to be good. Arizona Washington. Speaking of great defenses, Washington. That Jack Del Rio, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, did this, uh, make you, did this make you feel like a little like maybe Arizona's not as bad as we thought they were? No, I just think Washington is not that much better. So it was just two really bad teams playing each other and one had to win, you know. So uh, that's what we saw. There really wasn't much in that game, Nando, that I liked on either side of the ball. I was hoping to see uh, Brian Robinson had 19 carries. That's why we drafted him. Uh, clearly he's, back he's catching. there. But, I mean, I think he's going to be matchup specific. Uh, you don't want to put a Brian Robinson in there in games where they're getting, you know, blown out. I don't know. 
Like that touchdown catch, and it was a great uh, touchdown catch that he had in the end zone. You know, that pretty much saved his day. Other than that, it was 19 carries for 59 yards. That's not that's that's not good. But um, you know, not much. There's not that many useful parts in his offense. Terry McLaurin was like two for 31. You hope to see better numbers for that, but it was great to see you get the value on Terry McLaurin on draft boards. The last two weeks of the season, he fell three rounds and he didn't even miss any time. People thought he would miss time. So, well, he could still be um, bothered by it though. I mean, like, you know, turf. Toe yeah, no, just like- I'm sure. Listen, turf toe is something that they say, you know, you deal with all year long, but he looked fine to me. Uh, so he had a nice deep catch for, for one yeah, of Yeah, but you were catches. drunk at the pool in Vegas, man, just watching games, bro. Yeah, man, it was hammered. Now, I saw all the games, um, and I – what do you call I actually landed early Sunday morning to make sure I was at the bar for Sunday. So get it cool right, bar. buddy. Um, so that game was a whole bunch of crap, uh, you know. All right, Bucks vikings then. Let's not worry about it then. Bucks vikings Baker Mayfield scoring 20 points. Bucks Vikings. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about how there was three receivers that nobody wanted this year on draft boards. They were like the forgotten guys that people would just kept pushing down. Yeah. And I and two of them were Tampa Bay Bucks wide receivers, Mike yeah. Evans and Chris Godwin. And I said we could wind up looking back mid mid year and and regretting that. The other guy that I said between Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin was Michael Pittman, who had a monster week one who's now another receiver that I'm going to regret because I have no shares of Michael Pittman. I didn't even follow my own advice, but, um, why is that? Pittman, I don't know. Sometimes I just got to listen to my inner self, Nando. More V next. Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman was definitely a Nando wide receiver this year. You know, yeah. like the receiver yeah. that nobody wanted. So was Mike Evans, but listen, we come out of the gate and what happens? Exactly what we said would probably happen. Godwin and Evans is the whole offense, the whole passing offense. Uh, I think Edwin Evans had 10 targets. Godwin had seven or eight. Um, his numbers weren't great, but Godwin's going to produce in this offense. He's going to have those weeks where he catches eight, nine balls. And Evans, um, you know, nobody wanted him on the draft board, but these two guys are going to pay off. You know, you drafted Godwin in, in like the fifth round. You drafted Edwin Evans in the seventh. They're both going to overproduce their ADP. And the same thing that while we're on it, for Michael Pittman, because he's the only show in town in the passing game. And, uh, you know, he's going to see the targets every week. So these are these are receivers that you got later on than they should have been because people were off of their offenses and nobody wanted to go near it. But you can always get reliable targets and catches out of even bad offenses. These two guys, just these three guys just fell into that category this year. Are you on the Sean Tucker train? He's a, he's a trendy guy that everybody loves. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm in on the Sean. I drafted a ton of Sean Tucker late. I'll tell you what. While we're talking about Sean Tucker, um, my favorite guy. People were laughing at me in Vegas because he was like my automatic 17th round pick uh, was Josh Kelly of yeah. the Chargers. This is so the Chris Carroll victory lap show, right? I, I hate that. I don't want to be a victory lap. Oh, I'm just yeah, saying. He's so humble. Well, listen. I just told you I drafted a ton of Sean Tucker. He didn't do crap. You know, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But those were two of definitely my favorite, um, you know, running backs to draft 12th, 13th round and later, uh, you know, because that's how we build our teams. A lot of us and know me, especially, you know, I want to load up on my receivers early. I want to get my quarterback 
And then in rounds 12 and on, I'm just loading my bench up with backup running backs that I like that they're in a situation where they're one play away from having a huge role and even maybe could be standalone. Like look at Josh Kelly while we're on the topic, Nando, you know, yeah, 15 carries, huh? Joshua, you say? Joshua Kelly. I'm sorry. Sorry, Josh Kelly. I'll call you Joshua. But right now we're dealing with this. You know, I'm waiting to hear. I'm sure a lot of players are this Austin Eckler ankle injury news. Um, you know, a lot of talk right now that it might be the high ankle sprain. And if he's got the high ankle sprain, you know, Josh Kelly is going to be a borderline high really? end uh, mid RB2. Uh, going don't forward. miss time anymore for the high ankle sprain. No one misses time anymore for that. No uh, running backs don't miss time for a high ankle sprain. Now, though, no, no, you don't even today, miss a like, week anymore for a high ankle sprain. Have you hit your quota yet? This episode of crazy things Nando says. I, all right, look it up. I don't a know Rams top up. defense. You said already. Yeah, nobody misses time for high ankle sprains anymore. That's also I mean, true. You only got you only have one or two more left in you, buddy. I'm just going to tell you that much. Philly Mike OG. In the comment section, is saying Rashad Penny will be the lead number one back this Thursday versus Minnesota. I promise you, he's a lifelong oh. Eagles fan who gets the inside insight. Start Rashad <laughs> Penny. Well, listen, where where was Philly Mike OG uh, in Week One when uh, Kenny Gainwell came out and and was the lead dog in the uh, Philly offense and Penny was well, in, Gainwell's uh, hurt. Active. Yeah, and well, that's what I'm saying. Now Gainwell looks like right now, as of today, that he's not going to play. This backfield is a complete mess. It's why I kind of wanted to try and stay away from it, but it's tempting when you're on the board and these guys are all there, um, you know, where they were. DeAndre Swift was the running back coming off the board first in every draft, and he did nothing in week one. Limited touches. Um, Let's see if his role increases. It has to, in my opinion, uh, if Gainwell does, in fact, sit. But, I, you know, I, can you see Penny going from inactive to all of a sudden in the lineup and getting 15 carries as a bell cow? Yeah, that happens all the time. I Listen, it's just going to be one of those backfields where you just, you know, toss it up. Toss it up. I wanted to try and stay away from this backfield as much as possible. I have some shares of each of these three backs. I hope that, you know, the plan when I took any of these guys was to try and let September go. Let's see if the, you know, if the situation unfolds a little more clearer, maybe one of these guys gets hurt. It elevates the other two into prominent roles. You know, you were getting a little bit of value in my opinion on these three guys. So let's see. But right now it looks like Kenny Gainwell uh, was the right pick, um, you know, for, for out of these three in the backfield. How about the Peckers and the bears? You feel like Jordan love is a thing now? Uh, I don't know about a, a thing. I think he's a serviceable QB two that you could fill in. I don't know. I think the Bears defense was atrocious. I think they're still bad. Um, he did that without Christian Watson, though. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's that's a that's another team that that's just you know Aaron Jones got banged up in that game. We'll see what his status is. A lot of injuries, Nando. Week one, right out of the gate. Um, Aaron Jones is one of them. We'll see if he misses some time now with, with the ankle. Once he got hurt, he never came back. So maybe it's time for the plotter, AJ Dillon, to try and cash in some of uh, uh yeah, everyone's you know, turned on. I've never seen him. fantasy players turn yeah. on these guys so quickly. Like you loved AJ Dillon two years ago. You I did. I, I loved AJ Dillon. 
And and the reason why I was drafting him again this year was, I mean, last year we were taking AJ Dillon in the fourth round, right? Yeah. Now this year he was going in the in the ninth and tenth rounds. Yeah. You know, I got a couple shares of AJ Dillon. I remember one of my bigger drafts out in Vegas. I got him 114th overall. And you know, you take a guy like AJ Dillon, not because you completely believe in his talent and you think he's going to be a stud running back. But again, if Aaron Jones goes down, now you have a running back that you can actually play. But, you know, I, I still didn't like what I saw out of him when he got the ball in week one. And even Patrick Taylor, um, you know, got some carries. So let's see if Aaron Jones goes down. That's the reason why you have A.J. Dillon on your uh, on your bench. Um, On the Chicago side. Way, the Bears. How about the Bears on the other side of the ball? That, well, yeah, that's okay. Hey, thank that. you for stealing my segue. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go I want to ask you if you'd rather have – let me start off with this. DJ yeah. Moore um, was like the DJ Oof. Moore of like 2019 and 2017, I think-ish, like when he would disappear. Everyone's yeah. like, DJ Moore suck? I'm like, no, he's, you know, whatever. And everyone made a huge deal when he got traded here and he's going to be the savior. Would you yeah. rather have Pittman or DJ Moore right now? Let me ask you that. Not 33 uh, asked that too. D- DJ Moore, man. Come on. Hey, I'm just making sure. No, Maybe no. you saw this game it's and you're like, more. but listen again, just like Drake London in that area, that late third round, early mid fourth, like, you know, DJ Moore, you brought him in here, you know, he's your number one, give him two targets. Yeah. I don't even care. I don't even care if he caught two balls, 25 yards and it was on eight targets. At least you're feeding him. You got to do better than two targets. So that's scary to see. And are we back to, you know, to, is this just a one-game throwaway with Justin Fields or, or what? But the whole offense didn't look good to me at all. And that backfield, it really didn't clear up anything. You know, Khalil Herbert early on was the main guy. Maybe, you know, the game got away from them a little bit, so we saw more Roshan. Roshan actually, looked Foreman, good. Roshan was garbage. Yeah, Foreman, Foreman was actually getting the carries. Foreman, Foreman came in after that. That's why it's like a three. I was hoping Foreman wasn't going to factor in and that maybe it was going to be all Khalil Herbert mixed in with a little Roshan. But Roshan, you can't ignore, man. He he looked really good. And I'm still going to say that Roshan Johnson by midseason is, is a running back that takes over the backfield here. You're usually right about this stuff. You were right about this a few years ago with DeAndre Swift, if I remember this correctly. Every now People and then. People take heed. Uh, Squirrel gets a nut every now and then, Nando. Yeah. Every once yeah. in a while, a leaf blower blows a leaf <laughs> hey, directly under your window away. for a half hour straight. It's crazy, right? Every once in a while. Um, <laughs> all right, we hit all the games. Hey, we, we, spoke about, we, spoke about a, we spoke about a, a Zay Flowers um, you want to talk earlier. about Zay Jones, right? I want to talk about Zay Jones, man. Actually, I want to talk about that whole Jacksonville offense, Nando. Because that's one of the other major things that I took out of week one was another fourth, fifth round wide receiver that could completely tank. And that's Christian Kirk. Because that's man, huh? really scary. Yeah. What you saw, you know? And and think about it. The the telltale signs were there in the preseason, but I don't know if we chose to just ignore them, but in the preseason games when the starting offenses were out there, you know, Zay Jones was the number the number two receiver and two wide receiver sets. I just think that, you know, maybe there's something to be said next year when we're, uh, you know, looking at these things that maybe not to overlook certain little things like that. You know, it was in the back of my head. I'll be honest. I was big on Christian Kirk uh, early in draft season, ton of shares. He was uh, my late fourth round target 
I have a ton of Christian Kirk on online championship season, completely avoided him in my main event season. And I'm, I'm actually happy about that. I think I have maybe one share, but Zay Jones is another receiver. Nobody wanted. He went after pick a hundred and in this offense, you know, he looked unbelievable, had a great um, touchdown catch in the end zone. Looks like Lawrence, uh, you know, you know, has a good rapport with him. And Christian Kirk could just be the guy that takes the back seat, have some weeks where he factors in. It's going to be tough to predict those weeks if he's running as the three and only in three wide receiver sets. But and in right reality, he might that, be the fourth option too. He might be the fifth option. He is on the that fourth. Team. Uh, he is. He, he is might be after you count ETN and then you count Ingram. He's the fifth option, maybe. Yes. Yes. And and ETN's looking like right off the bat that he could be that real home run smash pick in that third round, fourth round uh, at the running back position. You know, there was like the the elite running backs we talked about in the top two rounds. And then it was like a lull. You know, it was the you know, once you got past Derrick Henry, there was the Najee Harris's and and. um you know, a, a, a whole bunch of other guys. And then, you know, there was ETN there. He was coming off the board anywhere from like RB8 to RB12 or 13. And he looks like he might be that guy that takes a step up and, and could contribute just like the, um, you know, top seven elite running backs there. What was that ding? That was an email. You heard that? Yeah, everyone did. Oh, sorry. Because you don't that. use headphones. If yeah. I email you right now, will it ding? Come on. Don't do that. I wouldn't. Don't do it, man. I wouldn't. But hey, listen, you know, and talking about ETN, five catches. Like, that's what we wanted to see from ETN. You know, the, the, right. the talk about him is, hey, ETN can't catch balls out of the backfield. He struggles to catch. Five balls for 27 yards, you know, gets the job. I know what you're doing, Nando. You're trying to email right now. That's, you know, grow up. It didn't work. You're professional. Be a professional. You're talking. Man. Who cares? Just keep talking. <laughs> so anyway, listen, that Jacksonville offense, um, it could have been a bigger day for Trevor Lawrence. It's definitely probably one of the top two quarterbacks um, that I am most ownership on. So uh, we're a big Trevor Lawrence podcast here this year, Nando, as well I'm as the Jaguars. Huh? I think he's good. I like him. I, he's, he's a readable guy. How, like where him? did you stand? Where did you stand with Calvin Ridley this year, Nando? Were you buying the hype like most of us high stakes players were? Yes, because I, at my heart, am a high stakes player. <laughs> well, I'll I say hate this I part. hate trading, and I love talking about high stakes players. That makes me a high stakes player. When, when I say that, I just mean like in terms of the drafts. I'll tell I you this much: it. out in Vegas, um, Nando, the last week of drafts. Calvin Ridley moved up to, and it's funny that like the maturation, the maturation process of Calvin Ridley in draft season, he started off as a fourth rounder. He yep. then became a late third rounder to where he moved all the way to the early third round to the late second, and then ended up in the mid early second out in Vegas, the final week of drafts. And guess what? What? Nobody was wrong about moving him up that much. There were players out there in Vegas that were taking him at the 12, 13 turn Probably right, at, right at the turn. And they look like geniuses right now. I regret right now, I'll tell you after what one week, after one week, hundred percent after one week. But I'm just saying, if you could re-rank rid that whole tier of like Alave, Jalen Waddle, 
and Devonta Smith and Calvin Ridley, where Ridley was more likely going after those three. He was the next guy up. I don't know if I move him to the front of that list and, and take him right after the elite eight wide receivers that were going in the first round, you know, and right there with Devonte Adams early in the second round. Cause it just looked like Ridley's, you know, he's the clear number one there. He's in a big time offense, with a big time quarterback. Yeah. And you could just see the volume that he's going to get. He was getting peppered, you know, with targets there. So Ridley's going to pay off his second round price. I, you know, this, I know we just talked about this, but I, I still mm -hmm. feel like Lawrence and Christian Kirk did stuff together. That was pretty good. I don't think you just stopped going to that person. Yeah. So I don't know, man, there might be some bad Ridley games. There might not, but I mean, mm -hmm. like there might be. He's, it's one of those offenses. There's a plethora of options, right? There's going to be the weeks where it's the Evan Ingram week where Evan Ingram's eight for 85 and a touchdown or two, you know, I just don't know if, you know, it's more about the paying off the price of what you paid for Christian Kirk. He was a top 50 overall player. You know, right. you drafted him as your wide receiver two or if you or your three in certain builds. He's not on the field enough. You you don't you don't want to draft a wide receiver three in a certain offense and a fourth target in the fourth round. So right off the bat, it's a bad pick, Nando. That's what we're saying. Is he gonna have his games where he's six for seventy in a touch? Yeah. But I need to see more touchdown. I need to see more, um, you know, more snaps than what he did in week one. This must be your other email address, like your work email address. Okay. Not your personal one. Sounds good. I'll try that in a minute. Uh, are you done on a similar note, on a related note, Traylon Burks, yeah. you know, he wasn't exactly the same level of Christian Kirk, but he was getting a little bit behind. Like, are you mm -hmm. as similarly disgusted with Traylon Burks or no, because he didn't cost as much? He, um, so that Tennessee offense, it, you know, I was hoping to see more out of Traylon Burks, but I think it's going to take a little time. He missed basically all of camp with the injury. Um, but it, it looks like, you know, I was hoping for Hopkins and Burks to kind of be like a 60 40, you know, in terms of yeah. target share. It just looks like D Hop is the clear one. People that went on De went in on DeAndre Hopkins in the fourth round, I think. They're going to be pretty happy this year because, you know, he came out of the gate watching that game, 13 targets for Hopkins. Um, he's the true alpha in that, you know, in that offense. Even even Chig, even though he didn't do anything, he was on the field a ton. So he's going to contribute as well. I just don't think Traylon Burks is uh, going to be what I hoped for. You know, he'll have some weeks where he's, you know, gives a good fantasy production. But in terms of volume, you know, we all know it's the Derrick Henry show. And when they throw, it'll be D-Hop and then everyone else is fighting for scraps. So there's a reason Traylon Burks was going in the ninth round. You know, he's he's not going to be one of those picks that all of a sudden produces like a fourth, fifth rounder, in my opinion. I think that sailed. Last topic of the day. Mm. In four weeks, who's going to be the Jets quarterback? Um, Casey. Think they're going to roll with... Oh, come on. No. Case I think Case Keenum has a show with the, the No, that's Colt McCoy you're thinking that's, of. I know. I know exactly no. what you're thinking. It's not Colt McCoy Colt. either. Okay. Who is it? It's Colt McCoy. Um you keep talking. I'm gonna look this up. I saw I saw everybody throwing around names. Case Keenum make listen, go sign Case Keenum. Zach Wilson sucks and He's going to bomb out, and in a couple of weeks when you need to save the season, when the wide receivers are looking at Zach Wilson and cursing him out on the sideline, you need to be able to bring a gunslinger in. 
Case Keenum, in my opinion, fits that bill. Uh, I don't want to see Carson Wentz. I don't want to see um, Joe Flacco. I don't want to see any of these. But it's it's crazy now. The, you know, Garrett Wilson and Amon Ross St. Brown, um, those were my targets in the mid-first round when I got out to Vegas. And Can you still believe in Garrett Wilson, though? I mean, he still had – This isn't a Garrett Wilson problem. Uh, I mean, it's not about Garrett Wilson in terms of his talent. Garrett Wilson was going to be an absolute smash superstar this year. He's still going to put up some numbers, okay, but he doesn't have the quarterback to get him the ball in every right spot like an Aaron Rodgers was going to do. You know, the back shoulder fades, the, you know, the timing routes. Like, Zach Wilson isn't that guy. But, yeah, they got to feed him. But now the the offensive philosophy has to change, you know. Rodgers, when, you you know, you got an Aaron Rodgers and you're inside the five-yard line, you're throwing most of the time because that's what he wants. You're keeping him happy. Now with Zach Wilson, you think the Jets are going to be calling pass plays? No, run the ball. They have Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook. This is going to be a run-heavy team. And Garrett Wilson is – I'll tell you right now, I have a couple Allen Lazard shares. I'm dropping him tonight straight across the board. There's no way this team could support a second target, a third target, where you can actually be playable. So Lazard would be a sneaky – Randall, they might as well release Randall Cobb right now, to be honest with you. Just release Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. What about, what about Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> they should release him too. <laughs> no, but think about that. You're Randall Chase Cobb. Daniel. In New York. Chase Daniel's the guy with the show. Gee. Uh, I don't know about that. Anyway. Um, uh, no, I just looked at the press Randall release. Cobb wants to Daniel. be in New York still? All yeah, these not? guys. Who wanna, wouldn't want to be in New York? All these guys want out of New York now. Why? They all want to be. They want. They want to be in New York for the nightlife and to go out to nice dinners and stuff, but you think Grand they want Street to play Tavern has both of those. Yep. There you go. There you go. So yeah, no, I I'll throw my hat in the ring for Case Keenum. I think he could save an offense. For fantasy production, not real life. Maybe not real life production, but fantasy production. Give me him. PJ Walker. That's your answer. Yeah. He's actually How'd you feel about what what do you think about another hot topic in fantasy after week one is the uh, the Lions backfield, Nando? How, how do you uh, how would you look at that? How would you view them? Well, we only what have about five see? minutes, and I don't really want to get into it. It's going to take up the rest of the show. Okay. What was your favorite game this past week to watch? No, I, I do think uh, Gibbs. I, I think people went. See, I don't know, man. I don't know how you can like be in love with Bijan Robinson and like dump on Gibbs. You know what I mean? Like. It just seemed like if you liked one, you should like the other. And I didn't see a lot of that concurrency going on. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I don't Dave know. Montgomery don't know. was good. Dave Montgomery, was he won a lot of leagues like two years ago, I think maybe in 2020. Right. I'll give you my take, Nando. Okay. Yeah. The going into this season, I, I thought these two running backs were just – not, I thought Gibbs was being way overdrafted and Montgomery was being way underdrafted. Yeah. And I'm not saying week one confirmed that or anything like that, but you give me a running back in the seventh round in Montgomery behind that offensive line, getting 15, 20 carries, who you knew was going to play more than 60% of the time. They weren't going to make Gibbs like a bell cow back. You're drafting a Jameer Gibbs type running back. And I'm not saying it can't work out and play out because a lot of sharp fantasy players were on Jameer Gibbs. But in the third round, which he never got out of the top 36 overall, 
a guy who's playing less than 30% of the snaps opening week. Now, now I assume that number will go up some, and he's going to help you out of the backfield catching the ball and stuff. But don't you need kind of more of a game script here to get going? In my opinion, if the Lions are a solid team, which I think they are behind a solid offensive line and a good team that's going to be leading a lot, that just smells that, – that just, you know, spells more Montgomery to me. And at worst, Montgomery is going to be the 60% lead back over a Gibbs. One's going in the seventh. One's going in the third. You know, to me, it was a no-brainer. I tried to get my hands on Montgomery as every single draft I went into. And uh, I was fading Gibbs um, this draft season uh, in, in my high-stakes drafts. So you read a lot of Michael Selfino this preseason then? Yeah. He took a lot of crap in the comments for fading Gibbs. And uh, look at him now. He's not doing victory laps on a podcast. Does he have one? I don't know. Yeah, he does. The breakfast table with John McGuess. <laughs> All right, we got to go. We got to get out of here. Uh, Christopher J. Vaccaro. Nando, it's good to be back with you, buddy. We'll be here every Wednesday. Uh, Fantasy Player Profiler, our, our show, Fantasy Empire. We'll be here every week. Nando will be giving you bad fantasy vice. I'll be trying to give you the opposite. Well, I can't uh, anymore. Like I'm not allowed Rams to speak on the show. Top so. defense and everything like that. But um, it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, in your presence, my friend. <laughs> you live in the past. You got to look forward. Whatever. All right, we got to go. Uh, gotta hold go. on, wait. Stall, stall for a minute while I find the end bumper. I have nothing to stall. I'm looking forward to all week right, two. Right, no, right so, so, I forgot. Yeah, you're all scripted. That's it. I'm done. We're out of here. That's it. Good, goodbye, everybody.